0: Good evening, and thank you for joining me. Tonight, I want to share with you some of the key insights I've made into how to find success in both your personal and professional lives. Hey, shh, what what are you doing here? Oh, I heard you might be attending this little uh,
1: seminar I thought I'd tag along.
2: You heard? Heard from who?
0: Never never mind, just shh, would you? You are all here tonight because you are all asking the same question. What separates the people who seem to breeze through life with ease from those that have to struggle and strain to make things happen? A wealthy family to back your ideas? (laughs) Shut up! Sure, you may have a whole bunch of answers to this question, and in a way, you'd all be right. But the one true answer? Oh, this ought to be good. Shh! Yeah. Shh. The one thing that all of you, everyone here today, is longing for. The one thing you are all missing deep down. The one thing that you are all looking at me and wondering how I got so much of it. You guessed it. Confidence. Yeesh, <laughs> oh, Danny
1: boy, this is uh, a little much, <laughs> even for me. I mean, you're usually the skeptic for things like this. What gives?
0: Hey, seriously, shut it! We're trying to listen!
2: Yeah, if you're just here to be a dick, you should leave.
0: Okay, okay, I'll be good, I'll be good. That's right, folks. The key to success isn't some 10-step program, some super secret product. It's simply the belief in yourself. Now, I know what you're thinking. How can I become confident? And the truth is, you can't. You don't just become anything. Each and every one of you has the ability to be confident all on your own. Uh, yeah, you uh, you. uh,
2: hold on, hold on. Let's let's see what he has to say.
0: What many people don't realize is that confidence is an illusion. When it comes to confidence, there is no difference between what is real and what is fake. It's about attitude, about projecting an air of success, perception. Is everything. Ah! Oh oh
1: man, come on now. This is too much. That's it, buddy. I've had enough of you.
3: Yeah, scram! Yeah.
1: jeez,
2: look what you've done.
1: Ah, the hell with them. Come on. Let's uh, make like a tree and get the hell out of here, huh?
2: (sighs) Why'd you have to act like such an ass? I was actually trying to learn something in there.
1: Are you serious? Come on, you of all people paying real money to hear the key to everything is confidence. It's not real or fake and blah, 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 blah. Who are you and what have you done with the Danny boy I know?
2: You don't know me at all. Ouch. That is harsh. After how close we've worked together for months now. Look, maybe I'm trying to expand my horizons. Maybe after all these things we've researched, I'm just trying to... Figure out who you really are. Uh, Maybe. We're halfway through the season and, well, you've seen the numbers. I don't know. I guess I'm starting to lose faith in what we're doing here or something. So I thought maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm just not confident enough
1: ah jeez. is that all we're doing good work here dan really diving into the nitty gritty of some complicated ideas i might even venture to admit that we are both teaching and entertaining and i didn't think that was possible Don't get lost in the sauce now, pally. We're so close to greatness, I can feel it.
2: You really think so?
1: I do. And look, I'm sorry for gumming up the works in there. I'm sure that guy had some useful ideas on confidence or whatever.
2: Actually, it did get me thinking. The whole confidence thing. By now, we both know how the scam stuff works. You know, confidence isn't just a focal point of success. It's a... Focal point of, uh, Deception. Exactly. Are you
1: saying what I think you're saying?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yes.
1: Back in the saddle. There's the damn man I know and love. Well? Shall we hop on down the old yellow brick road?
2: After you, Scarecrow.
1: Wait, why am I the one with no brains?
2: (laughs) I'm just teasing.
1: Well, you heartless bastard, I guess that makes you the Tin Man. (laughs) I'm also kidding. See, I get it.
2: (laughs) Good one.
1: And of course, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Disinformed content media in association with Fighter Productions. This is Part
4: No. Episode Six the
0: Confidence.
2: You know, you seem like a pretty confident guy. Maybe you know a little bit more about all this than I do. (laughs) Well, yeah. I suppose I have a bit of an edge on you in that department. Yeah, yeah. I'll admit, confidence is something I've probably lacked over the years. And despite what people say, I don't feel like it's something that you can just... Fake. Not with that attitude. (laughs) But seriously,
1: remember, Danny boy, confidence is faking, at least partly.
2: It's not what you feel, it's what other people see. Right, right. Okay. Well, maybe that's a good place to start. You know, when I was in college, I had a bunch of posters on my wall, as you do at that age. One of them was this poster of Frank Sinatra. Oh,
1: blue eyes, chairman of the board. Love it.
2: Yeah. Well, Right under Sinatra's face were these big, bold letters that said confidence is king. I looked up at that poster every single day. Maybe I thought if I looked at it enough, some of his suave might rub off on me. Like by some magic poster osmosis, I'd become a smoother, more confident Dan that could conquer any obstacle.
1: Sounds like you got some experience with the whole faking it thing after all. And uh, how'd that work out for you
2: in the end? (laughs) I mean... Is it a coincidence that one of my proudest, most confident memories from back then was singing a Sinatra song to a room full of strangers? Might not seem like much, but let me tell you, it was sure a big deal to a socially awkward 20-year-old. Good for you. Hmm.
1: Let me guess. I'll bet you sang. I've got you under my skin. (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) How the hell did you know that? Oh,
1: I guess you just seem like the type. Call it the intuition.
2: All right, then. Anyway, let's get to it. We both know what confidence means to this little journey of ours. After all, confidence is the whole basis of, well, cons.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Seems like you might need a little confidence boost for the Captain Obvious point you just made.
2: Hey, never assume other people know all the same things you know. We're here to shed some light, sometimes on what you might call obvious things. Now, the con man is a fundamental ingredient of the deceptive scheme. I think we can agree, almost every one of our culprits to date has been a con man or woman of some kind or another. So let's do our thing and dive back into the origin story, the place where confidence crosses with the wonderful world of deception. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up.
5: Coming soon. Netflix. Confidence. Origins. A hard-boiled look at the gritty, sexy history no, 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 of No, 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 confi- no, no, no,
2: none of that today. Oh man,
6: but it's such a
1: good trailer. I spent so much time on it, did all the voices and everything. Keep,
2: just keep it in your pants for a minute, okay? We're just starting out. Alright, so people have been abusing the trust and confidence of others for centuries. But the first actual use of the term confidence man traces back to the 1840s and a man named William Thompson, or Samuel Thompson, or half a dozen other names he'd appropriated for himself because, hey, you gotta move quick and slippery when you're out in these streets scamming people. Thompson was what you might call a career criminal. He'd run with a gang of thieves in Philadelphia and was once arrested along with his brother for robbing a store. But most recently, in 1848, he'd come to New York City to run a new kind of game.
1: A game? Ooh, now you're talking. What was it? Fixed roulette wheel,
2: three-card monte, weighted dice. Not a literal game. Calm down. No. Thompson's game was to simply dress up as fancy as he could, hang around the wealthier parts of New York City, find other well-dressed folks, and talk them up as if they were long-lost friends. Once ingratiated with his new acquaintance... Thompson would simply ask the Marks if they had, quote, confidence in him to hold on to their watch, or in some cases, a small amount of money, until the next day. And amazingly, some people actually obliged. Dozens of them, in fact. See, Thompson didn't have much, but he had charm and confidence in himself. And using that alone, he managed to, quote, put his Marks to sleep. Conmans speak for a successful fleecing according to a New York Herald article at the time, at least. And that same article would also famously warn readers to watch out for The Confidence Man, who was out preying on the unsuspecting public. A
1: star is born. Man, isn't history fun? I feel like I'm in a hard-boiled detective novel. He'll never catch me, copper. See? <laughs> Funny
2: you should mention the fame and notoriety, since Thompson would eventually be caught when he was recognized by a previous mark and properly arrested. And turns out, he kind of liked the fame. The moniker of confidence man was one that Thompson actually wore with pride, the term became synonymous with swindles. Police began to use it to describe the increasing number of scams taking place on the streets of major cities. A local play was even written in stage called, you guessed it, the Confidence Man. All
1: right, all right. I see what you're going for here, and uh, I know a little history myself. Mid-1800s, people are moving to big cities more and more to make a living. A hectic and developing environment, lots of confusion, perfect landscape for all these little schemes that take place.
2: You are absolutely right. Cities were booming at a rapid pace, and these new industrial havens were positively brimming with folks from all walks of life many of them struggling to navigate these mazes of stone and brick, people and noise. Chaos and changing times have always been fertile ground for schemers to ply their trades. In fact, to go back even further than New York, before William Samuel Thompson whatever was crowned the first con man, Guys like him were actually originally known as diddlers, which stemmed from-
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, whoa, 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 go back a sec. Diddlers? Did you think we were just going to breeze right past that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. You heard it right. Actually, the term stemmed from an 1803 play called Raising the Wind, on which a character named Jeremy Diddler carried out various devious con-like schemes- Over four decades later, Edgar Allan Poe would signal boost Diddler and the term diddling to represent scams and trickery. (laughs) That that is until the much more palatable Confidence Man settled into the public consciousness, finally achieving memetically solidified status when Herman Melville wrote his 1857 novel entitled, you guess it again, The Confidence Man a tale which was believed to be based on Thompson's exploits.
1: Boy, that Melville was prolific. He also gave us such meme-worthy terms as white whale and mopey dick, which is what I call it when you're in a salty mood. (laughs) Nailed
2: it. Well, if you believe you nailed it, who am I to argue? And that's just the point, isn't it? According to the experts, you really can fake being confident in an effort to actually be it. Studies have shown that simply smiling can make you feel better. It's as much a self-deception as it is a presentation to others. If someone appears confident on the outside, how would we know any better? Our brains respond positively to body language, posture, speaking clearly, eye contact, dressing well, being assertive. We are innately drawn to these things, neurologically speaking. Uh Oh, nerd alert. Our brains respond to social cues without us even thinking about them. Like so much of the day-to-day operations of our weird little noodles, we don't have to think about each and every detail. Our brains handle a lot of it for us, including the qualities of another human's personality. You know, those tiny cues that nudge us towards trustworthy, or maybe that something's a little off. So
1: you're saying we can trust our brains to make sound decisions for us, and everything should work out fine. (laughs) Phew, that is a relief.
2: (laughs) kind of. On the one hand, it saves us from the cognitive drain of having to dedicate attention to every little detail. And on the other, we're leaving our perceptions of trustworthiness at the whim of those more hardwired automatic reactions. And therefore- They
1: could be abused. Ah, I knew it. But, ooh, hey, I know what comes next. And guess what? I made you a little, uh, gift for this occasion. Here you go. It's time for historical
7: context. Dan brings the knowledge that you need to know. It's time for historical
2: context.
1: Examples that help you understand the show.
2: Um that uh was i hope you liked it i yeah 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 i totally do but you know i wouldn't want to overuse it so maybe we'll just keep it right there where it was and you know never use it again oh
1: yeah sure okay it makes it more special
2: that way i get it i get it you got it buddy now let me give you some of that sweet sweet context that you've been craving In the 1920s, a man named Victor Lustig arrived in Paris, forged a handful of documents, and called together a handful of businessmen from the scrap metal industry claiming he worked for the government and both looking and acting the part with a plum Lustig informed these folks that the Eiffel Tower was to be torn down for scrap and a valuable contract would be awarded to the company willing to help undertake this massive effort Oh
1: rockaway baby someone's getting put to sleep <laughs> Am I right
2: Right you are Unfortunately, the lights went out on a guy named André Poisson.
1: Fishman!
2: <laughs> Poisson means fish. Uh, right. Anyway, Fishman bid $70,000, about a million bucks today, to get the contract. Lustig, of course, did not work for the government, and poor Poisson was pretty new to Paris, playing... Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I can do the rest. <sighs> Poisson pining to possess a powerful position, a uh, part of his personality which prevented him from perceiving predatory practices. <laughs>
2: Pow! Uh, I mean, yes, you are correct. Seeking to establish his reputation in Paris, your fishman Poisson's ambition blinded him to the obvious holes in Lustig's story. And of course, in typical fashion, once the sale was complete, Lustig disappeared. Scarcity after the fact is just as important as confidence as before. Lord knows, we could rattle off examples of confidence in the schemer's playbook for days on end. From Charles Ponzi, whose name became synonymous with financial scams, to the modern Netflix-friendly examples like the Tinder swindler, Elizabeth Holmes, or Anna Sorokin. Even some of the characters we've mentioned already on the show, Sylvia Brown, the mysterious seawater gold guy named Jurgensen, or even Joe Mercola. They all do what they do with the confidence of someone who has all the answers to your questions. It's the power of saying, it's okay that you don't know. I know. It's almost like knowledge Knowing or not knowing, claiming you do or don't know, is the through line of this whole operation of ours. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now,
1: let me just pump the brakes here for a moment, Professor. I'm hearing a lot of confidence is bad, confidence tricks you. But whatever happened to confidence is king, your little college dorm room poster? Come on, Danny Downer. It can't be all bad.
2: Well, no. Of course, there are positives to confidence. Lord knows, if I hadn't found a little in myself, I'd still be as lost, awkward, and scared of the world as I was when I was 20 years old. When I first started podcasting, I didn't have a ton of belief in myself, my skills, my voice. But as time's gone on, I'd like to think I've evolved into the level of confidence you're hearing today. Boom,
1: there you go. Success story. See, Dano, sometimes you gotta inject a little more optimism into this whole shindig. wait. What do you mean? I'm just saying, I'm worried about you. This negative streak. You're not careful, buddy boy. Before you know it, it'll cast a shadow
2: right over you. (laughs) Well, what do you expect? These are shady topics, my man. It's going to get dark in here. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, look at it this way.
1: We're six episodes in, and what are we achieving here? Are we going to lay out more examples, dissect the psychology of it, pick a modern case study that really exemplifies the matter, and wrap it up with one of your patented Dan
2: rants? Rants? I'm not ranting. And, wait... What are you saying? You, you think we're getting too formulaic? Just watch the old chip on the
1: shoulder, Pally. It's dragging us into the same old, same old. Our listeners want variety and pizzazz. Something new, something fresh. I'm starting to worry this thing's going to go the same way as the others.
2: No, 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 no. no that's not true. We're not... Oh, no,
1: really, smart guy. You feel that? That's the fatigue setting in. You know what I'm talking about. Dozens of hours of researching, writing, strategizing, editing, thinking and thinking, trying to find some way to make this thing work. Tell me, you remember how bad things got just before we met? How it went with your last little show?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess.
1: Reading and writing and yapping on about those complex topics, working so hard just to watch those numbers dwindle. Rattled your confidence a little, didn't it?
2: This, This was supposed to be different unique something something people would really connect to something they talk about subscribe to and, and and share and But oh
1: come on now we don't do this for the numbers and the money right we do it for the love <laughs> Isn't that what you said
2: uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I don't. I don't. Hey, now, don't
1: panic, buddy. We can adapt. I've got just the thing. Just let me uh, take this call real quick, okay? Uh, after the break, we'll dive more into confidence and its rolling in deception. Uh, uh, yada yada. Come on, Danny boy. Uh, you do the rest.
2: Hello. Uh, hard no. We'll be right back. I guess. What? What the? What is this?
7: Well, you don't need me to tell you uh,
2: what's happening? That
7: you're not doing so well You live inside your head And everybody no. can no. tell No, I don't. No. Oh, you obsess, you second guess And you're naughty Second Wh- best, Who made this? and nobody will buy what you don't know how to sell. Stop.
2: No, stop. stop.
7: Oh, you put the cry in midlife crisis, you put the weak in weekend war. No, I lift weights. If talking If confidence about? is king, the best you can swing is a jester in the court. When other cats feel this way, they buy a new car. I can't afford one. Have you seen the boy? Oh, you're 31 years old and wondering who the hell you are. Oh, you put the cry in midlife crisis. I, I don't cry that much. You're Come on. a patsy for the ploy. You're not a confidence man. You're a confidence boy. Oh, oh
2: come on. Oh, tell him, boys. It's a band section? What the- You f-
7: suck. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
7: a Ring-a-ding-ding. Ding. It's actually pretty catchy. I mean, nobody's listening anyway.
2: That may oh. be true, but this is ridiculous. Uh, wait, what was that ad even for? was that you? Did you just play that last ad? What ad?
1: Come on, Danny boy, focus. Let's get back to it. Chop, chop.
2: No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait a second. So before the break, you said that I'm being repetitive. Uh,
1: Well, if you insist on beating this dead horse, yes, the consensus is maybe you should think a little less about what tingles your intellectual bone and more about what sells. The,
2: The consensus? Hey, 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 focus
1: think let's get back to work but make it uh, I don't know interesting dynamic
2: I I, I can't I can't just I don't, I don't I don't know what you want from me all I can do is be myself well uh, I mean uh, maybe we
1: need to try a different approach come on think I, I, I don't I don't think I I, I I don't I'm maybe I could think harder than uh, what What? Look, can you say with uh, confidence that this is the best you can give? I mean, you know, I I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think maybe I ought to look elsewhere for another winning idea.
2: No, no, shut up. I can still do this. I just,
1: just, just, just let me think. Tick tock, Danny boy. The listeners are losing
2: patience. No, 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 no. We're We're good. We're good. We're good. Confidence—it—it's—it's it's all about confidence. I just—I just, oh God, oh oh God, no, 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 no. I can't. I I I can't. God, what, what am I doing here? A show about truth and deception. Why would anyone want to hear that? I should have just done sports talk. Yeah, yeah. The Blue Jays could really surprise some people this season. Ah, uh, no. Uh, uh, true crime. True crime. Yeah. 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 Can you believe that? Uh. Person who died cr- crazy, right? Or or uh, oh, ah, he's he's right. He's he's right. He's right. He's right. This is just another show. It's just another show, just like all the others. Lost in the sea of millions of podcasts, drowning. I'm I'm drowning, and I and I. Whoa, whoa, whoa Danny boy, uh, are you okay?
1: You don't look so good. Uh, uh,
2: uh,
3: uh. Yeah. <laughs> the following program is brought to you by Nutflakes cereal with only 340 calories per serving and more delicious than ever with 46 grams of sugar nut flakes is an essential part of any balanced breakfast nut flakes they're the nuttiest <laughs> <Like it's 1990
5: laughs> <with> nut
4: <Flakes. laughs>
5: Join us on a journey into mystery, to the rain slick city streets where the line between truth and fiction is indistinguishable, where nothing is ever quite as it seems. This is Hot Leads. On this week's episode of Hot Leads, in a rundown third floor office in the downtown core, our naive but ambitious private eye works through another long, dark night. His current case? A handful of local citizens have recently been diddled out of their life savings. And our savvy investigator won't rest until he has delivered them a generous serving of justice. With dogged determination, he pours over a case file, and then another, and yet another, scanning for clues. And just as he drifts into the sweet release of sleep, all of a sudden... A knock on the door stirs our determined detective from the brink of slumber, and in walks a tall drink of water in a red dress and a flowing fur coat. A true femme fatale, a dark angel of equal parts, beauty, and mystery. Our humble detective is stricken.
6: Detective Felton, oh thank goodness. I was so hoping you'd be in. Oh,
5: uh, I
2: uh sorry. Ma'am, I'm, uh, I'm not sure where I... Uh... Please,
6: this is no time for confusion, detective. I heard you're the one hot on the trail of this shyster the newspapers have been calling the confidence man. The police won't lift a finger to catch him, but everyone says you're the best. They say you always get your man. Is it true?
2: Uh, yeah, 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 that's me, I think.
6: Well, I've got a lead for you. You might even say a hot lead. The hottest lead you've ever seen, I'd wager. That is, if I had a penny left to wager with. Uh, Ah,
2: Back up, dollface. Lay the whole twisted story on me.
6: Well, detective, I... Call me Dan. All right, Dan. My name is Duvernay. Alice Duvernay. This afternoon, my husband and I were approached on the street by a certain gentleman. He was garbed in the finest of clothes, chatted with us about simple pleasantries, the weather, the stock market, the smooth and refreshing taste of a reset cigarette. But then, he told us of a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to turn a small amount of money into an enormous payout.
2: And let me guess... You decided to indulge this mysterious stranger?
6: Oh, I didn't, I assure you. But my husband... You don't understand. It was a matter of polished appearances, see? The man had wit. He had charm. He had a certain air about him. He spoke clearly with such intelligence. Such confidence.
2: Mm, So far, this is nothing but another simple swindle. What makes you so sure this is the 'er ne'er-do-well I'm after?
6: My, hold your horses, deta- Dan, I'm getting to it. After we signed this man a check, he left, but I could not shake my suspicions. My husband believed I was overreacting, but I think he was simply too proud, too embarrassed to admit he might have been duped. Mm,
4: Common in these
2: cases. Victims rarely come forward. Allowing yourself to be scammed can be a real... Confidence shaker.
6: And what about you? Are you confident you can catch this scoundrel?
2: Well, that depends on the hotness of this so-called lead of yours.
6: Well, as I said, I was suspicious. So while my husband moped about, I did a little digging of my own. The swindler's suit, as I recalled, was familiar to me. As a woman of impeccable tastes, I knew that tailor worked anywhere... Smith's Taylors on 11th Street. Inquiring with said tailor, I deduced that our mysterious shyster had recently rented such a suit under the name Jack Wallace, and a month or so before that, under Jack Jones, and before that, under Jack Thompson, and... A
2: man likes to switch his monikers. Got it. What does that... Hmm. Wait a tick. By George, I did see the name Jack Jones in a recent case. He ran a rigged numbers game down in the warehouse district, folks losing money by the boatload. But the cops couldn't pin him, and the marks who'd been fleeced would never speak up. But I still have an address for that warehouse somewhere. Here, hot damn!
6: What is it, Dan?
2: Mrs. Duvernay, you might just be the key to busting this case wide open. If you can come with me and identify the culprit, we may just catch this confidence man after all.
6: Oh, I couldn't possibly think of facing him again.
2: I believe in you, Mrs. Duvernay. Trust yourself. Dig deep. Find your courage. You can bring this confidence man to justice by using just a little confidence of your own.
6: All right, if you say so, Dan. And please, call me Alice.
5: Key witness by his side Detective Dan heads to the suspected hideout Of the Confidence Man Hoping to bring justice once and for all To all those who had fallen prey to his charms
3: Hot Leads is brought to you by Treadful Winter Tires. When it comes to navigating a treacherous wintry landscape, trust you and your family's safety to Treadful. Hot Leads, actress Peggy Kilgore agrees.
6: Winter roads can be as slippery as one of Detective Dan's weekly criminals, but Treadful snow tires are as steadfast and sure as a dose of Hot Leads justice. Treadful, the most reliable name in snow tires.
5: in the underbelly of the warehouse district. Our superior sleuths hammer on the door of a known hideout for local crooks, one of which just might be the Confidence Man.
8: Say, who are you and what are you doing in my legitimate place of business? That's him. That's the wretch who stole our money. Freeze.
2: Looks like the jig is up, Jack. Your days of confidence trickery are over.
8: Trickery? Whoa, slow down, Pally. I think you've got the wrong idea.
6: Oh, no. Be careful, Dan. Don't fall into his trap. Trap? Mm
8: -hmm. What was that? What was what? Now, see here, detective. I'm just a simple businessman. I don't know what this hysterical broad is claiming I've done, but I handle countless investments for my clients every day without a single complaint. My financial work supports local businesses. It strengthens my community. You want to chase down some real bad guys? Why don't you go after the scammers on Wall Street? They steal millions from honest, hard-working folks, just like yourself.
2: (laughs) Well, I, I mean, you're not wrong about that. Those corporate fat cats get away with murder.
8: That's right. And yet you don't see them being smeared in the newspapers now, do you?
6: Detective, no. Don't be fooled. His striking eye contact, his charming demeanor... His ability to string coherent sentences together. It's poison. Oh, his confidence. It'll make you let him walk right out of here. Ma'am,
8: you're embarrassing yourself. Do I really look like a guy who needs to steal from people? And detective, surely a crack investigator such as yourself knows a true criminal when he sees one? You don't seem like the type to make such a careless mistake.
2: Uh, That is kind of you to say... Yeah, I, I I think there may have been a misunderstanding here. Mrs. Duvernay, I'm not so sure this is our guy.
6: It is. I swear it is. Trust yourself, Dan. Dig deep. Find your courage. We can't just let him walk away.
2: <sighs> Hush a moment, Alice. Mr. Jones, just one more thing. You are, by all appearance, an upstanding man. How did you come to be so established
8: in your field. I'm glad you asked. It's all thanks to my savvy investment strategy. Come to think of it, you must work awful hard for very little pay as a private eye. What would you say to a potential investment opportunity? Trust me, with a small amount of capital, I can guarantee you a return of... No! No! He's trying to lure you in too, detective. You can't give in. Put a sock in it, lady. We're conducting business over here. You'll just step over here, detective. I've got all the paperwork ready to go. Now there's that sound again. And it came from over here. Say, Jones, what's
2: behind this locked door? I'll pay no attention to that. we're yeah, going to trap. Well, I'll be. That tears it. Jones, you scoundrel, you almost had me fooled. But you're under a... Stand!
9: Behind you! Uh,
2: under arrest.
9: Oh Detective Dan! No!
2: He's getting away!
7: <laughs> we understand the world is the
8: Dang. Come here. Look, I, I wanna uh, talk to you about something. Uh yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, w- what's up? Oh
3: man, this is weird, but like Jess asked me to talk to you alone.
8: She knows you like her. Oh, uh shit. Really? W- what did she say? Does she, does she like me too or? Uh... Well,
6: she asked me to tell you
3: no. No? No, she doesn't feel the same. Uh, oh.
8: Oh, okay. Like she doesn't like you. The, no, no. Okay, okay, I I got it. She said she likes guys who are more like sure themselves uh that's that's okay i i I don't need all the reasons i'm i'm just gonna she said you're just like too quiet or something Uh, no 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 okay i i get it sort of awkward um right right anyway she she didn't want to tell you in front of everyone here i guess she thought that'd be
6: awkward Uh, no
8: no sure i get it it's it's Cool, cool,
6: cool. Well, uh, anyway, come on, let's go back. Uh, I think we're gonna play spin the bottle.
8: I don't, I don't feel so.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to hard no confidence. It's an essential part of who we are, each and every one of us. A reflection of our experiences, the places we've been, the things we've done, the good and bad breaks of life. It's a complex intersection of our psychology and our surroundings. How do we present ourselves, not only to others, but to our own selves? Confidence isn't something that just happens. Even pretending
3: can have its (laughs) downsides. The real question is, who are you? Coming to you from Russell Harbert Concert Hall, the Roaring Ostrich Radio Corporation presents Nuptial Bliss. Starring Doris McLeod as Mickey Poole, Andrew Clark as Frank Poole, Patricia West as Eve Docherty, and Dan Shelton as Dan Doherty. And remember, this week's episode of Nuptial Bliss is brought to you by Wiggly Treats. Your family's favorite semi-natural acid to that street, Ready in just two and a half hours. Weekly Treats is a simple dessert to satisfy the sugary cravings of the whole family. Hey Weekly wiggly
5: treats. Wiggly treats, a subsidiary of the Foster Chemical Consortium. It's a peaceful evening in the Doherty household. Eve sets the table while her dear husband Dan has dozed off again in front of the old television machine. <laughs>
6: Oh, Dan, darling, I need you to bring in a couple extra chairs for... Oh, good grief. Dan! What the...
2: Where... What what is all this?
6: Oh, dear, that husband of mine. I swear he'd lose his head if it wasn't attached to his body. (laughs) Who are all these people? Lordy, the dopey husband routine does wear thin awful quick. Come on, I need you to get the extra chairs for the table. The Pools are joining us for dinner and they'll be here any moment. Hop to. Uh,
2: Yeah, uh, sure, sure thing, Uh,
5: honey. As Dan rushes to get the chairs, Vicky and Frank Poole arrive.
6: That must be them. to see you.
9: Come on in. Oh, Eve, it's been an awful day. Oh, my. What's happened?
5: Ah, uh, she's just fretting. You know how it is to be a woman.
9: Jeez, Frank, that comment is about as appropriate as the borderline uncomfortable age difference in our marriage. What? I couldn't hear you. At your age, I'm not surprised. <laughs> What's the fuss about, Vicky.
5: Ah, uh, a fellow from the government came by today to make us an offer.
9: An offer, you say? An offer to buy our house
6: and move us into a brand new one. <laughs> Why, you can't move. Who's going to provide comedic variety and chauvinistic undertones to the daily shenanigans of our lives? Well,
5: that's what I told her. But a brain, you know how it is.
9: Shut it, you old dustbag. <laughs> oh, Eve, Frank just doesn't get it. He trusted this man
6: so quickly.
9: What's all this about moving?
6: Oh, honey, there you are. And sheesh, you forgot the chairs, you big dummy. Oh, I guess I'll just get them myself. Nuptial bliss.
2: <laughs> what did this government man offer you to? A damn good deal
5: on a rickety old house, that's what. And we did the right thing to hear him out. What deal? Damn it, Frank.
2: Oh,
9: Dan, this man, Mr. James, he said our house was built with substandard piping. And any year now, they could just burst and destroy everything we own. Turns out we're living in a ticking time bomb.
5: But according to Mr. James, there's some new government program. Any residents of these faulty homes can be relocated to a newer, safer domicile. You ask me, sounds like the government is finally looking out for us working stiffs.
2: So, what's the problem? There's
5: no problem. Vicky's just hysterical. You know how women get.
9: Oh, shut it, you old coot.
5: Are
2: those the
9: only punchlines they wrote for you, too? Dan, you gotta tell him. Frank won't listen. There is something off about this Mr. James. The Hendersons from down the street? They paid the upfront relocation fee last week, but haven't heard a peep back yet. When they finally got this Mr. James back on the phone, he told them things were still processing.
5: Ah, you worry too much. Mr. James had all the documentation right there. Government ID, mounds of official-looking paperwork, a fancy suit, the whole package.
2: Wait, what's this about an upfront fee?
6: (sighs) You know, maybe the government could provide me with a more useful husband. (laughs)
2: Steve, honey, I agree with Vicky. There's something fishy about this whole Mr. James business. I've got a bad feeling. <laughs>
8: You're hysterical too. Now who in the world could that be? Why, hello there. Is this the Doherty household? Why, yes, it is. That's him. That's Mr. James. Hello, Mrs. Doherty. My name is Donald James. I'm a representative of the United States Department of Domiciles, and I've been sent to inform residents in the area about...
2: Your new program. Yeah. The Pools have just informed us. Seems they bought in with you this afternoon.
8: Oh, yes, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Poole, lovely to see you again. Would you find folks be willing to spare me a moment of your time?
6: Well, we were sitting down to dinner soon, but I suppose we have a minute or two to hear you out. Please come in. Be careful. I still don't trust him. There's something
8: so... Familiar about him. I don't wish to intrude, so since you already know the details, let me cut right to the chase. Mr. and Mrs. Doherty, the offer is simple. The relocation program moves families out of faulty homes and into newer, better homes free of charge. Except
2: it's not exactly free of charge. Now, is it?
4: What do you expect?
5: You know what they say? No such thing as a free lunch, Danny boy! Wait,
8: wait, wait, wait a second. What'd you just call me? Oh, Oh, there is, of course, a standard upfront payment to cover administrative costs. A few weeks from now, the relocation will be underway. I've already signed up your whole block. I'd hate to see you
6: folks get left behind. Oh, Dan, maybe we should take this seriously. If we're not careful, we could lose everything.
2: Well, it's true. These documents do look official. Damn right!
5: A government official would never just outright lie.
6: Eve, honey, could you answer the phone, please? But, Dan, it's dinner time. Who could be calling now? Well, I'll just say it.
9: I don't trust you, Mr. James. Vicky,
8: oh, that's quite all right. You're smart to be skeptical. I would be, too. And to be frank...
9: Hey, I'm Frank! Oh, hush, you old geezer. <laughs> <laughs>
8: well, you all seem like such swell, savvy folks, I'm inclined to offer you a discounted fee. If you agree to buy in today, let's call it a package deal.
6: I'm coming, I'm coming. Lordy, doorbells, phone calls. What next, a telegram?
2: I don't know about this whole deal, Mr. James something doesn't feel right.
6: Hey, I understand
8: completely. I'm just a regular fellow with a pen and a pad. But if you don't have confidence in me, I'd ask you to at least have some in the rock-solid pillars of the United States government.
9: Amen!
6: Well, I was taught to distrust fancy appearances. Well, no wonder you have such trust in Frank, then. (laughs) Uh, Dan, honey, the phone is for you. Some strange-sounding man. I couldn't understand a word he said. Huh?
2: Ugh. Oh, okay. Okay. Hello?
4: Dad, yeah, Dan, yeah, yeah, or whatever you do, don't give him not what he is. Listen to me.
2: Sorry, who, who is this? I, I, I can't hear you.
4: Trust yourself.
2: Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I I think we've got a bad connection.
6: Well, all right. Let me just get our checkbook. Uh, Thank you for your candor, Mr. James. You do seem like a trustworthy type. Eve? I don't know about this.
5: Nonsense! You'd be a fool to pass this up. All
6: right. It was
8: 1,000, you said? That's right. And if you could just leave the name field blank... You know the government. So many departments, titles, levels. Best to let them fill that part out. Avoid any bureaucratic mix-ups. Dan,
4: got it. Stop her
8: now! Wait, w- wait, Eve.
2: No, don't, don't give him. He, he's not. He's. Honey, are you feeling alright? Oh, what's happening?
1: <laughs> wait Alright guys, settle down, settle down, settle down. Now, the last captain for this year's team is someone who has worked real hard this year, who was at every training session, who took on a leadership role at practice, and who, quite frankly, has gone above and beyond at every turn. He has earned your respect and the respect of all of us coaches. Dan Felton.
2: Oh, whoa. Oh, uh, thank you, really. I mean, <laughs> honestly, this really means so much to me. I, I, I guess, uh, let's go kick some ass this year. <laughs> yeah, speech. 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 Uh, 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 all right, I, ah, uh, uh, Jesus, I, I, I don't really know what to say. I, uh, I, have never done this before. Uh, I, 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 I guess uh, I, 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 we. we
5: W- 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 uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. There, dummy.
1: See, the thing about confidence is, it's not real. It's always been a matter of perception. A spell we cast on ourselves and others. A double edged sword with the ability to build someone up or tear them down. Finding confidence can take a lifetime. Having it destroyed can take barely a moment. Tricksters of all kinds know how to exploit confidence. They can spot a lack of it from a mile away and use their own to target that vulnerability accordingly. Often, the prey sees in the predator what they themselves lack. Safety, comfort, self-assuredness. But by the time most realize the harsh truth that this void has been targeted and exploited, well, it's already
3: too late. (laughs) lack of empathy. Welcome to another episode of T minus mystery from the underfunded public radio corporation brought to you in part by the friendly petroleum company. Remember the world runs better with an oily smile.
5: Planet Earth is a mysterious place, filled with unknowns, question marks, spooky transpirings. One such confounding conundrum, a series of bizarre radio transmissions traversing the local airways above the quiet town of Meaford, Ontario. Late one fateful starry night at a radio station just outside the Meaford city limits, a pair of curious-minded radio operators have been monitoring signals for any signs of strangeness.
3: Hey, Dan, Dano, wake up already. <sighs> what, what? Where? Where Where am I? What What the? Oh, hey, Bill. Jeez, what a strange dream. does <laughs> dozing on the job again, eh? What were you dreaming about this time? Alien monsters or what was the last one again? The futuristic radio show guy? No, 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 no.
2: This time I was, well, first I was this old-timey detective. Caught in a web of some devious criminal or, you know... And then after that, I was married and living
3: in the suburbs. Yikes. Both of those sound like nightmares to me. (laughs) Well, anyway, hop to, rookie. We've got a live one here. Could be one of those unknown transmissions the bosses told us to watch out for. Can't seem to get a solid fix, though. Almost like it's bouncing around one spot to the next. Well, Did we calibrate the sensors? Calibrated. What about the antennae? Uh, The antennas ain't getting any more intended, kiddo. Hmm. And still nothing, huh? Strange. Yeah, I'll say. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's odd ever since these transmissions started, people around here have been disappearing? Sure I do. Must be a dozen people up and vanished in the wind. You want to know what I heard? I heard these folks that disappeared, they were all recruited by those transmissions. And now they all live in some sort of, like, rebel colony on the moon.
2: (laughs) Well, that's about the craziest damn thing I ever heard. Colony on the moon. Come on. Besides, no one's ever seen the guy who's speaking on the transmissions. What's his name? Mr. Troost? I
3: bet it's all an act. You know, some kind of prank. Whoever he is, he's gone to great lengths to maintain that anonymity. The unknown face, the pirate transmissions with no fixed location. That's just eerie. I mean, can you imagine a world where anyone can just broadcast
2: to anyone from anywhere? No regulation? No consolidated media companies ensuring the highest in broadcast standards? No wonder there's been chaos
3: since these transmissions started. <laughs> you know, for a guy who's typically meek, unsure of himself, you, you've got, got some strong convictions, Danny Boy. What'd you call me? No, oh, I'll get that. Yeah, hello. This is Bill at Station Omega. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, we have just intercepted a transmission. We need help identifying. Oh, I see.
0: Hmm.
3: Well, you don't say. Oh, good lord. No, thank you, sir. We'll, we'll keep tracking
9: it.
3: Good god. What, what, what is it? It seems the rumors are true. The transmission is coming from... the moon. Quick now. Let's try to unscramble the message. I'll start by adjusting these dials. The, the dials? Yeah, yeah, the dials. Everything is done with the dials. Rookie, keep up. Sorry. I'll pay more attention. You always seem to know what to do, Bill. (laughs) It's mostly an act, Danny boy. The appearance of knowing goes a long way. Maybe you'll find some of that in yourself soon enough. Now, just one more. Uh, Uh-huh. Got it.
4: In order to build something newer and better, the world is an uncertain place, filled with untrustworthy people seeking to take advantage of decent folk like you. But I... Mr. Troost, am here to offer you something better—salvation. Answers a chance to know in this unknowable world. Wow,
3: oh, is, is he, he some orator or isn't
2: he? Yeah, you know, he speaks so clearly. His voice has an almost soothing quality. Listening to
3: him somehow makes me feel... Hmm at ease oh easy rook (laughs) listen too long and next thing you know you'll be on the moon (laughs) that's
2: not funny a woman from my block disappeared just the other day
4: i do not ask for your money i ask only for your time and attention if you will allow me i can change your life but first you must rearrange your thoughts open yourself to new ideas new concepts if you wish to join this psychological revolution, simply call 1-800-GET-AWAY to arrange a meeting. But please understand, secrecy is our top priority. The powers that be don't want us spreading the word. They attempt to stifle our revolution at every turn, but they cannot stop the inevitable. Join us, unlock the secrets of life, and help us build a
3: better world. Damn it. I can't get a fix. Of course not. This equipment's old and outdated. I might be able to help, but I need to know how serious you are about this. You really want to find this guy? Absolutely! This Mr. Troost guy
2: suddenly appears on the airwaves, preaching about self-improvement and the ills of the world. And then what? People start disappearing? I can't let that stand. I can't just let innocent people get taken advantage of by some huckster selling false hope. It's not right.
3: Look, kid, I know it feels exciting that there's some big conspiracy going on, but you ever hear of Occam's Razor? The simplest explanation is probably the correct one. You should ask yourself, what's more likely here? That some diabolical deceiver is luring people in with his charm and shipping them off to the moon to be slaves? Or or that this is all someone's elaborate practical joke?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you might be right. You're always right about these things. Ugh. I don't know. Just something doesn't feel right. One sec. Let me. Let me just get that. Hello. This is Dan at Station Omega. Dan,
1: listen. Okay, listen carefully. Trying. Try to take over. La, last. chance.
2: C- got to, w- huh? wake up. I'm sorry. I, I can't understand you. You're. You're. You're breaking up. Ugh. Ugh. These lousy old instruments. Huh. Weird. You all right, kiddo? Yeah, yeah. Just, a, I don't
3: know, a deja vu. <sighs> Look, you got a good heart, rookie. And hey, I'm always telling you to trust your gut. If you really want to chase this thing, say the word. I think I could help you out. I've been building a little radio operation of my own out of my old farmhouse. It's got more dials and fancy doodads than you could ever imagine. Just what we need to really pinpoint those transmissions. So
2: you're saying you've got a way to track this Mr. Truce down? No
3: guarantees, Rookie, but we can sure as hell try.
2: Hey, as always, I'll defer to your expertise. Now, lead the way.
5: And so, in the dead of night, our two brave, implacable radio operators hop in a car and head out to the farmhouse, hoping to verify if these mysterious signals could truly have come from the moon. And while driving, they each take a moment to enjoy a smooth Reset brand cigarette.
3: t minus mystery is brought to you by Reset Cigarettes. The stress of planet Earth getting to you? Sit back, breathe in, breathe out, and Reset... Otherworldly relaxation is just a puff away. In the pitch blackness
5: of Ontario farmland, Dan and Bill arrive outside a dilapidated barn, and just beyond it, an enormous grain silo that appears brand new, shining with sleek steel, with a complicated radio antenna fixed to the very top. Dan and Bill approach the massive structure, open the door, and step inside.
2: Jeez, this is one impressive silo. Metal plating on the inside and everything. And all these devices. Dials. Blinking lights. Wow!
3: Yeah, I had it specially designed. The metal interior is for temperature control. It helps protect the radio equipment during the cold months. And the rest, well, it'll be easier for me to show you.
2: Man, you always know what you're doing, don't you? I have so much to learn. Uh, Thanks for this,
3: Bill. Really... Nobody I trust more to help me crack this mystery. You got it, kiddo. The radio equipment's just over there. I'm gonna hit the power breaker outside. Wait here just a minute. Whoa, whoa, hey, Bill, it's uh
2: it's it's pretty dark in here. But Bill, Bill, where where are those lights already?
3: Sorry about this, Danny boy, but this is going to take uh, it's gonna take a little longer than I previously mentioned.
2: What? What? Where are you? Could- Bill, Bill, why is the door locked?
3: <sighs> it's sad, really, how oh, easy yeah, it is to fool people when they don't know what they're doing. You are talented, my boy, and, and good-hearted, but oh, so naive. What, what, what do you mean?
2: What? What? What is this, Bill?
3: Bill! Bill! Enjoy your trip to the moon, Dan. A better world awaits you there. A better you awaits you there. I promise you'll thank me for this one day.
2: The moon. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You you mean it was it was you?
3: You're your Mr. Trost, thank you for your future contribution into the cause. Help! Help somebody help!
5: Too late that he has been duped yet again, as the entire silo, now revealed to be a cleverly disguised rocket ship, lifts off and soars away into the starry sky. Could this be the untimely end of our poor, naive radio
3: operator? Oh, yes, hello. I'd like to file a missing persons report. A uh, radio operator... Dan Felton. F-E-L-T-O-N. Uh-huh. Yeah, he went missing just this evening. Walked right out of work and never came back. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yep, Station Omega. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> bon voyage, Danny Boy. No!
4: <laughs> you are deeply <laughs> <into> troubled. <traffic. laughs> you could see it.
1: So, when all is said and done, where do we stand? Too much confidence can make one seem arrogant, cocksure, (laughs) but too little. Well, then you're seen as meek, ineffectual. Ideally, we all hope for just the right amount. A perfect storm of surety and modesty, each to its own proper dosage, its own appropriate time of need. Does an excess of confidence inevitably lead one to become predatory? Does a deficit lead one to become prey? We may never know the answer, but I am confident. (laughs) We will dig ever deeper in our quest, each and every week, here on Hard No. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and if you like what you hear, tell a friend. And thanks for listening. Ah, ah look at him, all it out. You know... I was wrong about you danny boy you're not the tin man after all you're the cowardly lion sure hope you manage to find your courage pal <laughs> sleep tight little lion you're not in kansas anymore
2: do is waste time scrolling reddit snorting at memes meanwhile the whole world is just a big stupid mess and here you are sitting alone like a jerk feeling sorry for yourself (laughs) what am i doing with my life tired of this same old routine i should write yeah 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 i should i should do a, a podcast yeah everyone's doing those these days why not me Maybe one about sports? Nah, that's too easy. Maybe history? Yeah, I don't know, I don't, maybe too dry? Current events? Politics? Ugh, does it really even matter? All right, uh, this is episode one. Hi, I'm Dan. <laughs> I feel so forced, ugh. Hey, I'm Dan, and when I was little, I dreamed of, ugh, no, no, ugh, damn it. <laughs> Alright. Hi. My name's Dan. Welcome to my first episode. Today, I'm going to talk to you about... about... about whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, alright. Here we go. Hard Know is written and produced by Dan Felton and David Felton. Original music was produced by David Felton. Find more of his work at music on Instagram. Hardnose artwork was created by the talented Q, who you can find at The Mighty Q Works on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks this episode to Jeff Feitner, who's on the socials at FightPro and has all your podcast production needs at fightpro.com. Thanks also to Audra Stevenson from the Gate Leapers podcast, which you can find on Twitter and TikTok at Gate Leapers, and to Linda Castro from the Cage's Kiss and Bedknobs and Broom Flicks podcast. You can find Linda on Twitter at Doctor Phil Ate My Baby. What an excellent handle. To follow Hard No on social media, follow at Dan on Twitter and Instagram. Additional notes and sources can be found at disinformed.ca slash hardno. Questions, comments, concerns? Email me at dan at disinformed.ca. And if you like what you hear, pass it on. And thanks for listening.